Good morning, New Life. And Merry Christmas. Sophia this morning is going to read out of Luke. So would you stand up in honor of God's word? And there were shepherds living out of the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in the cloth and lying in a manger. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us, Lord, and because of what you did um, on the cross, um, that we can have joy um, in the midst of whatever we're going through. And if you're going through something, say amen. Amen. All right. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. We will sing joy. We will sing joy. Come on. We will sing joy. Jesus has come. 
they're not already, would you just close your eyes? Pastor Andy on Thursday um, taught about just surrendering everything to God. Now life creeps in, we get distracted, we get our eyes on our bills, we get our eyes on our kids, we get our eyes on our relationships and all the things that just crowd out God. So I'm just going to pray this verse over us. And I just want, if you could, if you would, just agree with me. God, still my heart. Let your voice be all I hear now. God, fix my eyes on the things that I can't see. And Holy Spirit, breathe like the wind come have your way in me. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Sing with me. Come on. Sing it out. Surrender. 
feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of salvation. Glory, glory to his name. Let's sing it again. All to Jesus I surrender now. I feel the sacred flame. to go have a great time. Oh, here. Thank you. A couple of announcements. Well, uh, about 100 announcements, <laughs> seems like. Um, this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock in the morning for guys, 6 p.m. at night for couples or singles. Uh, we're having the second couples teaching. Last week we dealt with Jezebel. This week we're going to deal with Ahab. Amen. If you want to know what that means, you have to show up. And just so you know, Jezebel will keep you from it. I have fun with the Word of God. Anyway, so that's this, this Wednesday night. Uh, we've got one more class after that, so there's only two classes left. Um, and this is my wife's time to shine. Oh. <laughs> Ladies, this Friday is our women's um, white elephant ornament exchange. It's at 6 o'clock here at the church. Bring an ornament. The... Top price can be up to $15, so it doesn't have to be $15. It can be less. It can be homemade. Uh, bring it uh, to make sure it's... Uh, sorry, I'm getting all frustrated here. Or, I mean, <laughs> combobbled. What, I'm not sure what I'm saying. <laughs> can it be a stick with a string? It's lack of sleep. I only had three hours of sleep. So, <laughs> anyway, bring an ornament and make sure it's wrapped is what I was trying to say. And bring either a dessert or some type of an appetizer. And bring your smile and your joy because we're going to have fun. <laughs> Yes, let's let's hear a little bit better. Yes. I'm always worried when you let the ladies loose in the building. It scares me. It it's seriously fun. does. It's fun. Um, this uh, Christmas Eve service is the 24th. It's Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I know we normally do a PM service. Uh, this year we're not going to do that because what I really want to do is I want the leaders of the homes to read the story of the children and then tell your story to your children. Let them know who Christ is to you. Amen? Amen? And that will all make sense after I'm done preaching what I preach today. 
Um, Christmas Eve, so read the story of your family and your story. Vision Night uh, is uh, December 31st. It's a Sunday night, so we're going to have Sunday morning service. We will have Sunday morning service. We will have Sunday morning service. Please do not ask me. We're going to have Sunday morning service. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So December 31st. And then at night at 6 o'clock, we'll have a a Vision Night service. Uh, It's not going to last till midnight because I'm old. (laughs) And you don't want to see me snoring in the front row. So... Uh, but we're just going to kind of share what God's uh, laying out for us for 2024. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to have some preaching. We're going to have the, ki- the ki- bring your kids. They'll be in the auditorium with us. They're not going to bother us. Uh, they'll bother you more than they'll bother us. Amen. Amen. So that, that'll be that night. That'll be a family night uh, as well. So, uh, and then 2024 comes. Unless Jesus comes back. And then if you're left here, you can have everything but I'm going to be gone, so. One more thing, ladies. (laughs) Make sure you go out to the foyer and sign up so that I can have a head count and we know how many tables to set up. So if you wouldn't mind, sign up for the ornament exchange. Sign up. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. (laughs) Sweetheart. (laughs) She's messing up my mic. Get out of the way, lady. I got to preach. My goodness, what is this all about? She's missing me. 39 years of marriage. She's still hot. That has nothing to do with what I'm preaching today. Every once in a while, God uh, leads me or has led me to a sermon series that is purposeful for the moment. Um, I felt like with what was going on in Israel, it was a clear sign that the end is near. But the more I study the scriptures, I think the end is here. And it's important to understand that the end is here. And it's important to know Christ is your savior today. Today. Thank you. Today. But there's one thing that I long to hear. It's a promise of God. It's the greatest promise I think that God has ever made. And we won't get to it till the end. So luckily the song service was short. The preaching will be short. Maybe. Let's, let's pray. If you want to pray with me, come on, come ahead. Come up front. Father, you've done a great work in our lives. You've done a great work in this series. We've seen people trust Christ as their Savior. We've seen them continue on in their faith. We've seen some maybe fall away. So we ask that you would stir their hearts. But more importantly, the name of Jesus has been elevated and exalted. He's got the name above every name. And we want the world to know how much love he has for them. So Father, as I go through this, you know uh, where my mind has been all week. I've had to repent of getting distracted. 
to the point, Father, where I felt like I was sinning against you by allowing my mind to get away from the things that are most important, which is this word today. So forgive me. And fill in the weakness, fill in the weak areas of my life that I may help these people know you in a better way. Open our hearts up today to understand, Lord God, what's exactly going to happen at the end so that we can hear those amazing words. We love you so. In Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Turn, if you would, to lots of places. John chapter 14. I'll start there. Using my old King James today, I came to church and forgot that I left my Bible at home, but I left my ESV at home. I didn't leave my King James, but I'm preaching out of King James today. Because when I really want to preach something that's important to me, I use King James. So you get the these and the thous. It helps educate you, elevate you. Amen? Jesus first came to earth as a baby born of a virgin. Amen? He came to earth to give his life as payment for sin so that we might be saved from the wrath to come. He left this earth after his resurrection from the dead and ascended into heaven with this promise in John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If it were not so, Jesus said, I would have told you. If that was a lie, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I will come again. And then he left us in what is known as the church age. For he had ascended into heaven to be with the Father until it was time to come back to the earth, his second coming. He asked the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be spread through his church. His church had the responsibility of sharing the gospel. This was not going to be an easy time on the earth, but it's easier than what's to come. We've talked about that several times over the last few months or a few weeks. What's to come is the rapture. That's next. Where all Christians on the earth will be removed and be with Jesus. We'll meet him in the air. And this is the first part of the second coming. This isn't the second coming because he's coming to the, in the air. And we're going to meet him in the air. And the dead in Christ are going to rise and be with him as well. So Christians today will not be here when the most difficult time of the earth happens. This will throw the world into chaos, leaving uh, a man known as the Antichrist to put together a peace treaty between Israel and the rest of the world. I'm telling you that because it's going to happen, but if you're a Christian, you won't be here for that to happen. But if you're not a Christian and this happens, you know what God's word says is true. For a moment, there will be no Christians on the earth, meaning the Holy Spirit that keeps or restrains men from sin will not be inside, but be working from the outside until... At some point in time, men and women and children come to trust Christ as their Savior during the season called the tribulation period. This peace treaty known as the seven-year tribulation period is split up into two, three-and-a-half-year periods. The first three-and-a-half, there will be seven judgments unsealed that will happen to the earth. We talked about that last week. 
In the middle of the season, the Antichrist will proclaim himself God, which will really tick God off to the point to where he unleashes 14 of the most horrendous trials that have ever hit the earth. Three and a half years, seven tr- tr- trumpet judgments, and seven bowl judgments. And it will wreak havoc on humanity and on the earth. You say, you're just telling a story. No, I'm telling you what the Bible says is going to happen. Going to happen. Not might happen. Somebody says, well, it hasn't happened yet. I know. He says, you're not going to know what's going to happen. But when it happens, you're going to know. Well, at the beginning of the tribulation, there will be no Christians on the earth, but many will come to know Christ throughout their time on the earth, that seven-year period. Many will reject Jesus, but many will trust him. Now, we, as Christians, remember where we'll be? We'll be at the judgment seat of Christ receiving uh, rewards for what we've done, and then we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb where we're going to go, and we're going to have a party with Jesus. But the earth will be in turmoil. And people will come to know Christ during that time. And many will be martyred for their faith. But many will be left. At the end of that seven year period, Jesus is going to come back to the earth. And he's actually going to touch touch ground. In Israel. And there will be Christians there who um, came through the tribulation period. So if you don't receive Christ as your Savior in the church age, you can receive Christ as your Savior during the tribulation period, but it's going to be really hard to do. Christians who became Christians in the tribulation period and non-Christians will be separated between sheep and goats. So there will be this judgment where God separates at that time sheep from goats. So the well, I can, I'll read the scripture here in a minute. The earth will go through a thousand years of peace as Jesus rules and reigns over the earth. He will literally be on the earth. People will see him and hear him and know him. Satan during that thousand years is going to be cast into a pit. He's going to be there for a thousand years. He's going to be released at the end of that thousand year period. And even though mankind has been born and raised in the most beautiful environment for humanity, many will refuse to accept Christ and follow Satan instead. And God will finally destroy the enemies of God, casting Satan in the lake of fire along with those who have rejected him as their savior. He's going to give opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. He's done it today. He's done it for 35 years of my pastoral ministry. Every week we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to give you the hope that you can trust Christ as your Savior and be saved from the wrath to come. But many of you reject it. It's hard to know that people I know who reject Christ in this time will have to find him in the most horrific time in history. You'll have to go through tribulation to find him. You'll have to go through difficulty when he can be found easily by faith. Twenty-one judgments, most of them very painful. 
The world's going to be led by a madman who in the middle of the seven-year tribulation will believe that he's God and sit on God's throne in Jerusalem, bringing 14 more judgments. You said, I've already said that. I know, I'm going to keep saying it. It will be hell on earth. You think earth is hell now. This is nothing compared to what's going to happen during that tribulation period. Jesus will come back to the earth, destroy the enemies of Israel in the battle of Armageddon. He'll take his right, his right place as king of the earth. He'll cast Satan into an abyss for a thousand years. And everyone on the earth will see this all happen. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13. Daniel said, I saw in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man came in with the clouds of heaven. And came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him, and he was given him there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages shall serve him. His dominion shall be an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. Jesus is coming back to rule and reign over this earth. Matthew 25, 31 says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he shall sit on the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate one them from one another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king shall say to them on the right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those who are saved during the tribulation period will be separated, and they'll be Christians, and they'll have this, they'll be um, inherited this kingdom that God is going to ha have on the earth. But in verse 46 of chapter 25, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous shall go to life eternal. So the goats go to everlasting punishment. You say, I don't like that story. I don't like it either. Why do you think I'm preaching this stuff? I'm trying to help you understand you can be saved from the wrath to come. You think Pastor Andy's got nothing else to do with this time? No, I have surrendered my life to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so that you'd be saved from the wrath to come. Because it's going to happen. Well, I don't believe it. Well, whether you believe it or not doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I believe the sun's going to come out sometime in Astoria. <laughs> but you laugh because you know it's probably not going to happen for a while. And even that, I know that for a thousand years, those Christians who came to know Christ through the tribulation period will repopulate the earth. So... They'll be on the earth. They'll be Christians saved in the tribulation period. will be on the earth for that thousand years and they'll repopulate it. Those of us who are Christ followers who are taken up from the rapture, because I've got to answer this question. What about us who have been raptured? We'll be given heavenly bodies. The scripture says this, for the resurrection, neither, they shall neither marry nor be given in marriage, but be as the angels of God in heaven. So we're not going to be able to reproduce. We won't care to reproduce. We'll be in heaven. We'll be with Jesus. But those who are not initially taken up from the rapture will become, who become Christians during the tribulation period will still have their earthly bodies and they will repopulate the earth. Let me give you the verse. Matthew 19, 28. Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed us in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on his throne of his glory, ye shall also sit on the twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So this regeneration means repopulation. So we talked about the tribulation period last week and how there's, there's 21 judgments and how most of the people on the earth will be killed at that time. And then he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to leave nothing but Christians on the earth for that thousand years. 
So just think about this for a moment. During the rapture, he removes all the Christians from the earth. During his return, he leaves all the Christians on the earth. So there'll be no Christians on the earth, but all lost people in the rapture. But in the return of Christ, there'll be all Christians, but no lost people. Now just imagine that for a moment, being in a life where there's no sinners to sit by. Don't look at your spouse. And you'll be able to see Jesus. You'll be able to know Jesus. You'll be able to hear Jesus. You'll be able to touch Jesus. He'll be alive on the earth, sitting on his throne. During that thousand year reign, everything and everyone, according to scriptures, will get along because Jesus will reign on the throne. Let me just read you a verse. Isaiah 65, 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like a bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat, and they shall not destroy any in all the holy mountains, says the Lord. The lion and the lamb, the wolf and the lamb, they're going to get along. And it gets even better than that. Verse 20 says, there shall be no more thence an infant of days. No more thence an infant of days. How many of you have had, and please don't raise your hands, how many of you have had miscarriages? There's no miscarriages in the thousand year reign. That's what it says. No more, uh, no more thence uh, an infant of days. An old man that has not filled out, there'll be no uh, old men that haven't filled out their days. No early deaths. This thousand year reign, you will not have any miscarriages and all old men get to go be about a hundred years old. I'm going to make it maybe into my mid seventies. Unless the Lord comes back and we, we get out of here. But in my family tree, that's kind of as far as we go. I've got some brothers and sisters that are tempting fate right now. For the child shall die a hundred years old. It goes on to say, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. Meaning... Believe it or not, even in the thousand year reign where all Christians are left on the earth, those who will be born from these Christians that went through the tribulation period will still choose to sin. Verse 21 says that they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat, meaning, meaning that there's going to be no mortgages in the thousand year reign. Could you imagine how different life would be if you weren't paying a mortgage? We could solve the homeless population with the thousand year reign of Christ. For the days of a tree are the days of my people. Trees will last a hundred years. You loggers, that means they get cut down at a hundred years. Okay, I'm excited about that. If you loggers aren't, then I can't help you. My elect shall enjoy a long, enjoy the work of their hands. Like work is going to be great. That, for that thousand years, those who are saved during the tribulation period, who are having children during the tribulation period, are going to like their work. And even though I know in the thousand year reign, the fulfillment of God's promise, it's because of the fulfillment of God's promises that he made to Israel. Israel is going to be given the land in that thousand year reign that belongs to them, that was promised to Abraham and his children. So what Israel is fighting in Gaza right now, Gaza is going to become 
go back to be, be uh, long to Israel because God promised it to them. Now, you can get all political on me all you want. I don't really care. This is what the scripture says about what God's going to do at this time. He's going to restore Israel to its proper boundaries. The promise that God made in the thousand-year reign, the people will get the land that's theirs. David, King David's heir will sit on the throne of Jerusalem. That's Jesus. God promised that David would always have an heir on the throne. So this thousand-year reign starts David's heir, Jesus, sitting on the throne. He promised it would happen, and it's going to happen. Jews will receive, their, receive Christ as their Savior. Jesus promised that the Jews would come to know Christ. This is the time that most of them will come to know Christ. God will make his enemies his footstool. No one will be able to defeat God ever again. It'd be, do you know good to fight God? So the promises that God has made to Israel are going to come true during that thousand year reign. That's why he's giving him a thousand years. And even though I know these things, all of the things that I know that are going to happen in the end times, I can't comprehend what I'm about to read to you. Revelation 20 and verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up and on the breadth of the earth and they compassed, or compassed the, the camp of the saints about and, and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Satan's going to come out. He's going to be released and he's going to trick people into believing in him and not believe in Jesus. It is estimated that one third of those who are on the earth during the most peaceful time it's ever experienced will be tricked into following Satan in rebellion against God. It is impossible for me to wrap my mind around how people who have been raised by people who came to know Christ through the worst time of their lives, the tribulation period, would after 10 generations reject the salvation shared by their great, 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 great grandparents who shared stories of how horrible the seven-year tribulation period was and how Christ saved them by his grace. And their great, 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 I probably got not enough greats or maybe too many greats, will reject Jesus. It is impossible for me to wrap my mind around the fact that people who've lived in paradise in a place of blessing and abundance, who have never known the depth of sin that our earth knows now, would turn against the very God who provided a place for them. It's just like Adam and Eve all over again. Adam and Eve were created and placed in this garden in this beautiful place, and God says, there's one thing you can't do. Don't eat of that fruit of the tree of, of, of good and evil. They had everything you would ever want. They would have this perfect place. God walked with them. God talked with them. God did life with them. They were in a garden of Eden. It was beautiful. Fruit abounding. They were naked and not ashamed. And yet they still rejected Christ. After a thousand years of being with Jesus on the earth, 
being with Jesus on the earth, they'll still reject Christ as their Savior. What's important about this is it's not your environment that causes you to sin. It's your heart. You can be raised by the most terrific Christian parents. And Christian parents, you can raise your kids in the right way in Christ. And they still might reject Jesus Christ as their Savior. You can do all the right things. You can bring them all the right places. You can expose them to all the right truths. And they still, in the most perfect place, may reject Jesus. Because the problem isn't their the problem isn't their environment. The problem is the heart. That's the problem today. It's not your environment. It's your heart. It's your heart. You want to sin and live life the way that you want to. You choose that. You reject the truth of God for the lie. It just, it just amazes me. You can be raised in the most perfect Christian home and still have a heart to reject God. For a thousand years, they've lived in this perfect place where Jesus is right there. Because people ask me all the time, how do you know Jesus is real? Well, because the Bible tells me so. Well, I can't see him. Well, what if you could see him? Would you still believe? No, according to the scriptures, at the end, there's going to be people that can see him, know him, hear him, know that he's there and still reject him. The problem's not what you see or hear. It's what you believe. So following man's final rebellion on, on the earth, Satan will be thrown into a lake of fire. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they should be tormented day and night forever and ever. Say, I don't believe that. I, don't, I can't help you. It's what the scripture says is going to happen in that moment at the end of that thousand years where people on the earth are going to try to overthrow Jesus and they're going to lose horribly. This is where I believe we'll hear in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And he said, I'll profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. He says, you could see me. You could know I'm alive. You know I'm real. You know I'm true, but you still will reject me. You've done all these things in my name, but you had no relation. I didn't know who you were. Many of you kind of, like if you're new, you don't really know me. But I wonder how many of you really, really, even though you see me every week and you hear me and you've been here for years, how many of you really, really know me? Like if your salvation was based on your knowledge of me and you had to say something about who I am, I could say, well, you're a good person. You've done some good things for me and with me. But I never really knew who you were. Could you imagine Jesus Christ saying, I know you saw me. I know you heard me. I know you said you believed me. But in your heart you didn't. In your heart you didn't. Once this is accomplished, God's going to remove all reference to the world that we have known. Let me just go on Revelation 21.1. 1. 
And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. Because this one's going to be destroyed by sin. The judgments that we talked about last week, what did we talk about? We talked about how the earth was just destroyed. And he's going to make it new. He's going to make it new. Everything's going to look like the Oregon coast. Which is a beautiful, we live in a beautiful place. But imagine after 21 judgments hit the earth. When everything's destroyed. And the scripture that I'm moving to to get to this place. So one, the earth is going to be re, 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 rebuilt. We're going to have a place to live with Jesus. And the scripture says this in Revelation 21.3. This has is, this is caused me to weep this week. All the other stuff is, is, is good for knowledge and information. But it should motivate you to trust Christ as your Savior. Amen? Because if it does that, this is what's gonna, this is gonna be beautiful to you. Let me just read the passage. Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is the end of the thousand-year reign. This is when heaven begins. This is when eternity begins. I'm troubled by what happens to get to that point, but I can't wait to get to that point where Jesus says these next words. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words are faithful, true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. It is done. All the horror, all the hurt, all the hatred, all the hell, it'll be done. I don't got to worry no more about whether, whether, when the rapture is going to happen. I don't got to worry about what's going to happen, whether I'm in the seven-year tribulation period or not. I don't got to worry about uh, uh, the thousand-year reign. I don't got to worry about any of that. When it's done, I'm with God forever and ever and ever because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I give unto him that is the thirst, the fountain of water of life freely. It is done. It is done. I'm done with all the pain and suffering and struggling. I'm done with the miscarriages. I'm done with the death. I'm done with the cancer. I'm done with the disease. I'm done with the depression. I'm done with the sadness. I'm done with the loneliness. I'm done with the, with the, with the rape. I'm done with the murder. I'm done with the, the hell on this earth. I'm done. And I want to hear that promise. It is done. Because when he says it is done, it is done. This is the promise that I'm waiting for. If the Lord comes today, it's 1,007 years away. To hear it is done.
I know he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I know he, that because of Jesus Christ, I drink from the fountain of the water of life freely. And I know one day, all this hell is going to be over. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. You can reject Christ today and be saved tomorrow, even if tomorrow is the tribulation period, but you're going to have to go through hell on earth, worse than what's going on now. You think your divorce was bad. You think your financial situation is bad. You think your physical problems are bad. Go through the seven years of tribulation. And maybe you'll get saved then, and then for a thousand years... Could you imagine being in a place that's perfect? And you're not going to live a thousand years. You're going to live a hundred years. But you're going to have children who are going to have children who are going to have children. Could you imagine getting to the end of that season where Jesus comes back? The end of the thousand years. I'm sorry. The thousand years is done. And they've been raised around Jesus. Everything's been Jesus. Everything's church. And could you imagine your great, 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 great grandchildren after you've gone through the tribulation period, rejecting Christ as their savior. I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done. Because when it's done, I'm dwelling with God for the rest of eternity without sin and without sadness without sickness. But I'm concerned that we're not passing this down to our next generation. One of the reasons why I want the spiritual leaders of the home on Christmas Eve night to read the Christmas story to their kids and tell how Jesus has made a difference in their life to their kids because I want you to start passing it down. I know what you want. You want traditions and you want religion and you, wanna, you want other people to do the work that God has called and led you to do. But if your children and grandchildren don't know Christ and you haven't shared it with them and you've relied on others to do that, how are you going to feel when they rebel against God at the end of this period? I just... I just want you that night to tell your story of what Christ has done being born in you. Hasn't Jesus made a difference in your life, church? Hasn't he changed everything? Don't you have confidence? Like if, if he comes... We're gone. This is going to be awesome. Don't you want your kids to come too? Well, why don't you tell them? Well, that's for Sunday school teachers. No. That's for you. They're going to think Sunday school teachers are just telling them another story about Jesus. You tell them your story about Jesus and it'll become real to them. Well, we want the pastor to tell them the story. No, I'm, I'm not here to lead your children to Christ. You're here to lead your children to Christ. I'll do it if the opportunity comes, but it's only because you've forsaken your responsibility. I need a vacation. 
Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. The future that we've discussed over the last several weeks, I understand. I'm looking forward to the rapture. And I trust the promises of God that the end is here. What I don't understand is how you can hear the message of salvation from people that you know and still refuse and accept it. I don't get it. I don't understand how you could realize that it's not by your good works that's going to save you. It's by his righteousness. All you need is an honest faith and he'll save you from the wrath to come. I, I, I can't like if I knew that there was going to be a car accident after church and you were going to be involved and it would end your life, wouldn't you want me to warn you of what's to come? And how many of you would probably go a different direction home? Change your life. Say, I'm not going to go that way because that way it was prophesied that this bad thing's going to happen. So I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go another way. How many of you would change your lives if you realized that, that Christ would save you from the wrath to come? But you can't continue living the way that you do. You can't live as if God's not real. I don't understand how somebody can sit in church for years and not know Christ as their Savior. I don't, I can't. Because when it's done, it's done. I got no more opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Never in the history of the gospel has it been more clear that people need to repent of their sin and trust Christ to be their savior. Let me read a long passage of scripture and then we'll go home. Kind of. Yeah, I'm down to one page. Paul wrote this and this is something that I feel like as a pastor, it's near to my heart. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He's saying brethren because he's talking to the Jews at the time and he had a relationship with them. He was not talking about a spiritual relationship. It was a, it was a, a race relationship. If you are in Astoria, Oregon, we have a relationship. So I can call you brothers whether you're spiritually related to me or not. Sisters. My heart's desire and prayer for, to God for you is that you might be saved. This is not a game to me. I want you to know Christ is your Savior because I don't want you to go through what's to come. And if you do, I want you to at least hear the words from me so that when you do go through the tribulation period, you'll trust Christ as your Savior then and then enter into the thousand-year reign of Christ. And then when you start having babies in that thousand-year reign of Christ, because I won't be there. When you start having babies in the thousand-year reign of Christ, I want you to be able to share the gospel with them because you, you should want your children and your children's children and your children's 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 to know Christ. And stop leaving it up to other people to do that. It is on you, Christian, to share the gospel. 
For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. You're going to teach your kids do right. But they're only going to do right in the environment where right is expected. What happens to your kids when they get into an environment around their friends? Do they tend to do things they shouldn't do? That's what I used to do. My parents raised me in a good godly home, a good Christian home. But get me away from my parents and I was hell on wheels. The problem wasn't my parents. The problem wasn't what they were trying to do. The problem was my heart. And nobody tried to get to my heart. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth, describeth the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is by faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down. Or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring Christ up again. Meaning that you're trying to do good things to get good things to happen. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of what? Faith. Which we preach. Jesus isn't here for you to physically touch. You've got to believe what the word says about him. You've got to believe what the word says about him. You've got to look at the example of other men and women in your life who have followed Jesus and he, their lives have literally been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because on this side of eternity, we can't see him. We will someday. But now you're just going to have to have faith what the scripture says. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him, so it doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or whether you're not. Jesus can save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you by faith called upon the Lord to save you? Believing what the scripture says that he did for you. Coming to earth from heaven. Living a sinless life. Sacrificing his life for our sins on the cross. Being buried in the grave. Three days later because death couldn't hold him because he never sinned. He rose from the dead. Proving that the only way for you to be saved from your sins is if you trust what Jesus did for you. How then shall I call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall I believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall I hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Spiritual leaders of the home, I'm sending you out to share the gospel with your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids if necessary. To read the Bible story to them about Jesus Christ and his birth. And then talk about how his birth has given you a new birth. And if you don't have that story, you probably don't have that salvation. If you've got nothing to say, well, I don't know what I would say to my kids. 
that Jesus saved you from your sins. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is the gospel of peace, glad tidings, good things. The gospel is good news. Why wouldn't you tell your kids good news? Why wouldn't you tell your spouse good news? Why wouldn't you share with them what Jesus can do for them? But not all have obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the only way we can be saved today is faith by hearing because you've heard the word of God. The rapture is coming. The rapture is coming. Do you believe that today? Meaning the promises of God that the end is here is here. What are you going to do with it? I don't understand how you can hear the message of salvation from people that you know and you still refuse to trust it. It makes no sense to me that you could see the change that happens when somebody when they trust Christ as their savior how they've been transformed they've been new therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new if that didn't happen to you you're probably not born again because that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit but if you've been transformed your kids should see a different dad your kids should see a different mom your family should see something change, something transpired, something transferred, the person that you were into somebody that's different. And it all took, all it took was faith in Christ. It is not by your righteousness, but his that saves you. All you need is an honest faith in Jesus to save you from a wrath, the wrath to come. It's coming. One day he's going to say, it's done. And when it's done, it's done. Nobody else will ever get saved again. Salvation either will be or will not be. One day when the rapture happens, you're going to just throw this out here. You're going to notice suddenly Christians are going to be gone. All your Christian friends that were like over the top, fall in love with Jesus, constantly sharing the gospel with you, they're going to be gone. They won't bother you again. But you'll notice things are happening in the, in the world. The Antichrist will come and bring a peace treaty with Israel. The world's going to start to be in turmoil for, seven, for three and a half years, and then it's going to get horrible for three and a half more. Don't reject Christ at the time. You can, you, there's still time to call upon him. When you're in the thousand year reign of Christ, when he comes, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to leave the sheep on the earth. Make sure you share the gospel with your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and your great-grandkids and your great-great-great-grandkids and your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. 
Because one day he's going to say it is done and it will be done. And whatever decision you make for Christ on, in, in this time forward will be the decision you live with in eternity. Jesus wants to save you from the wrath. Why wouldn't you trust him? And if you have trusted him, why won't you share it with others? We should be sharing the gospel more now than ever before. Well, I want people to like me. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, share the gospel with anyone. Half of them are going to reject you. But the other half might actually accept what you're saying about Christ and trust Christ as their savior. Say, well, that's not been my experience. That's been mine. The problem is, is we don't share it enough. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's stand. With heads bowed and eyes closed, please, just for me. If Jesus Christ is your Savior and you are absolutely positively sure That if Jesus came back today in the rapture, which no one's going to know the hour of the day, if he were to come back, are you absolutely positive that you would leave this place? Are you absolutely positive you would leave this place? Heads about, eyes closed. If you're positive, absolutely positive, raise your hand. Absolutely positive. Amen, thank you. If you couldn't raise your hand. Why? What's keeping you from trusting Christ as your savior? Well, I don't believe all this stuff. Okay, just so you know. When what I've said in this series comes true because it's going to come true, trust Christ at that time. You will go through a suffering like the earth has never seen. It's going to be hard. It's going to be horrible. But the hope is at the end you'll be saved. And when you're living in that thousand year reign of Christ and you're repopulating the earth and you're having children, let your children know how horrible that tribulation period is because that's the only hope they may have. You say, well, I don't believe that either. I'm just telling you when it happens because it's going to happen. Remember what I said. That Christ is still your savior in the tribulation period. And Christ can still be the savior of your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. In the thousand year reign. But when that's all done, when Jesus, when God says it is done. There's no more opportunity. And the next step is either separation from God in hell or standing with God in heaven. See, I don't believe that. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, whether you believe it or not, I can't help that today. But you will see Jesus on the earth. Trust him. If you won't trust what I say, trust what you'll see. Because it's going to happen. 
Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please. Just, if you've got somebody that you want to pray for right now, that you know does not know Christ, would you come and bring their name to this altar? You know they need Christ. And you've maybe shared the gospel with them or you've tried to share your story with them and they've been close to it. Why don't you pray, God, open their heart up to hear what I've got to say about Jesus. Maybe you want to come and pray for your children. That they will hear what you have to say about Jesus and will believe what you say about Jesus. That no matter what kind of environment you raise them in, if you raise them in a, in a place where their heart is open to the word of God, pray that their heart is open to the word of God. God, open their hearts up to the word of God. Open my children's hearts up to the truth of your word. And Father, if it takes tribulation to do that, open their heart up then. And when they open their hearts up to you, Lord God, if in the thousand year reign they have children, let their children know that Jesus Christ will save them from the wrath to come. I don't know how else to tell you how much God loves you. That he would warn you over and over and over and over again. How he would encourage you to trust him. Believe what his word says is true about what's to come. And while I'm excited to hear it is done, I'm sad to hear it is done because once it's done, it's done. There's no more. It's just living out our days in heaven with God. And it'll be great except for the people that we've left behind. One last time, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just, just out of respect for people. If you're not sure that Christ is your Savior, I don't want this sermon to scare you and make you pray a prayer you've already prayed, but if you have not by faith trusted Christ to be your Savior, you know you're not born again. You know you have not truly been honest about calling upon God. But you want to call on Him today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm the only one looking around. Raise your hand. I need to know Christ as my Savior today. I need to know Christ. That means this room is full of people who are claiming Christ to be their Savior, and if the rapture happened, we're out of here. Just imagine in your mind for a moment the room being emptied. Imagine the room being emptied. Could you imagine if the room was emptied but the children's ministry wasn't? 
that your children who are of an age where they can make a choice to trust Christ as their Savior never heard the gospel because they only heard it from this cranky old man who stands on a platform and yells every week. Instead of listening to it from parents who they know love them. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm trying to tell you that they're going to listen to you more than they listen to me. Because if you're truly born again, your life should be changed and they should see that. Pray for your children that their hearts are open. Don't worry about the atmosphere you raise them in as long as Christ is the center of it and that they know it's Jesus. In my mother and father's house, there is a picture of Jesus Christ with his arms outstretched and you can see the nails in his hands. It was a Catholic picture, so he had long blonde hair, which isn't real. But I can still not get that picture out of my mind. My parents believed that Jesus Christ was the savior of the world and they helped me understand how true he was by the way they lived their lives and loved Jesus. Do your kids know how real Jesus is by the way that you love and live for him? Come on, guys. This is not a game. This is going to happen. Your children need Jesus too. Your family members need Jesus. Some of you may have a family member that wants to end their life right now, right at this moment. They want to end their life and they don't know Jesus Christ. We've got to tell them. They've been struggling with depression. They've been struggling with discouragement. They're struggling with doubt. And it's Christmas season. It's a horrible season for people who are struggling. Would you embarrass yourself just enough to share Jesus with them today? And for the rest of us, one day it's going to be done. I, I know some of you suffer physically and some of you suffer emotionally and mentally and financially. This life is hard. But one day it's going to be done. It's going to be done. Are you ready for that day, church? I think we've got some work to do, don't you? Father, I love you. And I love these people. And I hope they don't think I'm just being an obnoxious jerk. But I don't know if I could live with the fact of you saying it's done and I have no more opportunity to share how much you love these people. Enough to sacrifice your son on the cross to pay for their sins. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father but by him. Jesus is the only way. Neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. Father, if there are those that have questions in the room about their salvation, please do not let the devil discourage them. But encourage them to come ask so we can share truth with them, so we can preach truth to them and give them an opportunity to trust Christ. But if we know Christ in the room, we need to make sure our friends and neighbors and family members and children all know Christ as well. Because when it's done, it's done. 
when it's done, it's done. We love you, Jesus. We just pray that you encourage our hearts today as we leave this place. Father, I don't want to discourage them or depress them. But I want them to know that they're saved and their family can be saved by Jesus Christ. He is their only hope of what's to come. We love you so in Jesus we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Thanks for coming today, guys. Ladies, don't forget to sign up. We've got class on Wednesday, 6 o'clock p.m. Bring your couples. Talking about Ahab. I'm just going to keep talking.